0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for the weekend of July 10th and 11th, 2022. Real to Real, Groundhog Day. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Good morning. This is just a great day to be part of God's creation. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that a great job uh, Barry did with that film uh, compilation there? Yeah. Yeah. How many have seen the, the film Groundhog Day? Yeah, it's a pretty popular film. Well, so we're continuing our series, Real to Real, and uh, where we take movies and see if there's a, some kind of a Christian theme to them, and this week, of course, is Groundhog Day. And so we're continuing our series to see if there's a
1: Christian theme, and this today is Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm still Carrie Jones. And
0: I'm Alan Jones. And we
1: are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for being together, pulling us together today. It's no accident that any one of us are here today because you have a message intended specifically for each one of us. That's what you do, that you're able to zero in on our on our thoughts, our needs, and take us from places of uh, where maybe we find ourselves to a better way, a better day. I thank you for today, and we give it to you in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. February 2nd, that's the day we observe here in the U.S. and Canada as Groundhog Day, February 2nd. Uh, if the groundhog pucks Phil sees his shadow, when he emerges on that day, we'll have six more weeks of winter, or so the, uh, or so the superstition goes. And uh, uh, if there's no shadow, uh, and spring will arrive early. Uh, I've always thought that was backwards. I thought, you know, if your sun's out and you see a shadow, that should mean an early spring. But what do I know? I'm no groundhog.
1: Well, in 1993, Groundhog Day kind of took on a whole new life of its own with the release of the movie with the same name. No longer merely a local holiday in this, you know, regional superstition, now Groundhog Day represents a life where each day merely is a repeat of the previous one, where nothing seems to change day in. Day out, routine, monotonous. Mm.
0: For those who've seen it, uh, and those who haven't, just a quick review. The, the movie starts with local TV weatherman Phil Connors, played by Bill Murray, going to Puxitani, Pennsylvania, to, uh, reluctantly, I will say, reluctantly goes, to give a report on the groundhog there, whether he sees the shadow or not, whether we will have six more weeks of winter. The... The challenge is a winter blizzard moves in, and Phil, along with his producer Rita and his cameraman Larry, they are snowed in and have to stay an extra day or two. (laughs) When Phil wakes up the next morning, it's Groundhog Day all over again. He's stuck in some kind of a time loop. Uh, stuck in a rut, same song on the radio, same people on the street, same conversations over and over and over again.
1: Well here's the thing about Phil. Phil is a guy who is all about himself. He just is completely and thoroughly self-centered. That's his his personality. The world revolves around him. He is the center of the universe or so he thinks (laughs) and so at first this twilight zone of of life where six o'clock comes and it's over and over and over again the same thing that just completely messes with him he's got too much to do too many people to see too many places to go but then he realizes that he might be able to use this for his own benefit and so he takes advantage of the situation, he begins binge eating. He begins. He has. He does robbery. He has a one night stand. He's. He gets into dangerous activities. You saw the groundhog driving. You know the the car. He does all kinds of things because he uses his increasing knowledge from the day before, and he just keeps using it for his benefit. Eventually, he even uses his producer, Rita, because he uses those loops to woo her a little bit, take advantage of her, and no matter what he does, she doesn't buy it because she knows that he doesn't really care about her. It's not about her. She rebuffs his advances. She says, how can you love me? You don't even know me.
0: Hmm. Well, in time, uh, Phil actually becomes depressed, uh, so depressed that that he ends his life, repeatedly. (laughs) But with each new day, he's got a fresh start. And in time, he tries to explain the situation to Rita. She spends the day with him and encourages him to see this loop as some kind of a blessing, not a curse. He realizes at this point, rather than taking advantage of her, that he has feelings for Rita and he decides to use this knowledge to well, to change who he is. So he, he saves people from deadly accidents. He, he learns to play the piano, he sculpts ice, he speaks French. At the same time, he's forced to come face to face with his own mortality as he is unable to save a homeless old man from his deathbed. So
1: the town has a charity auction, and Phil is up for auction. And Rita has heard the stories of his good deeds. And so she bids on him and successfully wins Phil. He carves an ice sculpture of her. Isn't that romantic, an ice sculpture? (laughs) And um, he tells her that he's happy, finally really happy because he loves her. He understands what love is because now he's putting Rita and her wants and her needs before himself. He has begun to figure it out. He cares for her comfort and her well-being. And so the movie uh, concludes when, you know, the alarm goes off the next morning, 6 a.m. It's a brand new day. And he's got the girl right there with him. And Phil finally knows what real life, full life is all about when he puts Rita and others before himself. Groundhog Day, no more.
0: Mm. That's a cute movie, huh? Yeah. Cute movie. So what? What's that got to do with you and me here this morning? Well, pretty Simple. Phil was stuck, really stuck, he, he was in quite a rut. When the world revolved around him, he kept living the same day over and over again. You ever had that feeling? Just one day kind of bleeds into the next and there's not a whole lot of change, round and round, same old, same old. We all at times get into ruts. Think of the same thoughts, the same problems, What we sometimes uh, fail to see is why that happens. Why? Because when when we really look closely at it, uh, it might hurt to see the truth because often the truth is because we've placed ourselves and our needs at the center.
1: We created our own ruts. That's
0: right. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't put Jesus where he belongs, right there at the middle.
1: In the Bible, in the book of Mark, Mark is, uh, it's called the Gospel of Mark, and it's about the life and ministry of Jesus. When we take a look at Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45, we find disciples, James and John. James and John are sons of Zebedee. That's kind of a fun name to say. And they ask Jesus to do whatever they want him to do. Would you do anything do whatever I want you to do, they say to Jesus. Wow, can you even imagine, like making a demand, do what I want you to do, you do it. Mm. Well, maybe that does sound like us sometimes.
0: <clears throat>
1: Mark, chapter 10, verse 37. The disciples say, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory.
0: Mm. So Jesus didn't know what they were asking, and, and they didn't. They had no idea what Jesus was going to go through, the price he would pay for the sins of you and me. He asked them if they could drink the cup he, he drinks, if they could uh, baptize uh, with the baptism he's baptized with, and, and they said they could. And, and Jesus told them that, uh, that, in fact, they would drink the cup he was going to drink, and they would be baptized with what he's baptized with. But those places of honor, the seat at the right and the seat at the left, they weren't for him to grant. It it wasn't his job to give them those spots. Uh, Those places were, were for those for whom they'd been prepared.
1: James and John show great arrogance in making this demand of Jesus, saying, you know, in effect, they're saying, I know better than you. How prideful, how arrogant. And The disciples, they weren't much better because they all got ticked off. Wait a minute. What if one of them does the the right? What about me? What about me? Mark chapter 10, verse 42. Jesus called them. Oh, so Jesus uses this as a teachable moment. Jesus called them, the disciples together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many.
0: Even Jesus did not come to serve, but be. To, did not come to be served, but to serve. That's what Phil learned in the movie. As long as he expected to be served, as long as he thought the world revolved around him, he was stuck in that same day over and over again. No break. But when he started to serve others, when he started putting their needs ahead of his own, when he started focusing on others instead of himself, everything changed, everything. He got unstuck, he got out of his rut, and he was able to move on to the next day. So we had some really good
1: news this past week. We are grandparents for the ninth time. Yeah, yeah. This is Sophia Claire Jones. Many of you saw Turner. He grew up in this church. This is Turner and Stephanie's third daughter. And I was just blessed to be able to be up at the hospital with them. They were at Chester County Hospital in Westchester. And, you know, with COVID and everything, there's limited visitation. So it could be Turner and one other person the entire time. So it was me. And I loved being up there. And she was just the sweetest little thing as I held her. And that six-pound, eight-ounce little baby, you just love instantly. Just instantly. Instantly. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) She could care. She doesn't know how to love me back or love her parents back. All she wants is to eat, to have her diaper changed, to be held. And she will let her wants and needs known. She could care less about anybody. That's how they're wired. That's how these babies are born because it has to be, that's their survival tactic, right? God designed it that way. The world definitely right now, Revolves around Sophie.
0: Mm, she doesn't care that uh, Stephanie's not getting much sleep, does she? Doesn't care a bit. They're selfish. That little girl's selfish. She's got to be. Because if she isn't, her needs won't be uh, met. They won't be known. So that's okay for now, right? We kind of accept that with babies, right? Even though we sometimes do get a little upset, but we, that's how they are. But there comes a point where things need to change. Where it's not necessary for survival, because it comes to a point where they can express their needs uh, in different ways, where they can uh, regulate their activity a little bit, where they it's not so demanding and And you know we as time goes by, we learn to be part of a family, we part part of a community with it's not just me world after a while and 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 eventually. Others' needs at times will supersede one's own. And as we get older, we we learn new ways of thinking. And we come to realize that we were created by God for God. You know, we're not at the center of the universe. Wow, it's hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) And and along the way there, we learn about Jesus and, and love and how to love and serve others. Jesus taught us about this in John 13. It's a, it's a passage you're, many of you probably heard already, but it bears repeating here. John 13, 1 through 5, New International Version. It was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him.
1: And so in those days it you know it was a, a deserty kind of place and people wore sandals and there were dirt, dusty roads, and the dirt got caked on their feet, you know by the end of the day. Typically there were servants in the house that were their job was to wash the feet of the guests and so in this particular case the disciples were in a rented room and there was no servant and so jesus took on that role of a servant can you imagine those gross grimy feet where jesus kneels down and takes their feet and rinses them with water i participated in foot washing services before and it is like you can hardly it's so humbling and I just can't imagine the son of God doing that but that's the role that Jesus took on it's actually the last place though kneeling at the feet wiping and washing feet it's the last place you would expect to find the son of God
0: Mm. Or is it? Or is it? Because this Son of God chooses to mingle with the common folk. Chooses to mingle with the everyday. Chooses to mingle with sinners. This Son of God chooses to serve, not be served. This Son of God chooses to be last, not first. This Son of God is a humble servant. And not only a servant of God but he's a servant to those around him. Humble, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive, not thinking himself better than those around him.
1: There are a number of examples in the Bible that illustrate that, but we want to lift up one, um, Luke chapter 14. It's a Sabbath day, and Jesus goes to the house of a prominent Pharisee. When he noticed how the guests picked up, picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. Hmm. Have you ever been in a place where like, ooh, I need to get up and move. I shouldn't be here. Yeah. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will will be exalted.
0: When life was all about him, Phil was caught in a never-ending vicious time loop, cycle that wasn't going to let him escape. Wasn't until he let go, until he put others ahead of himself, not until he loved another more than he loved himself, that he escaped that cycle, that he got out of that rut. True for us as well. Unless we decide to, to break the pattern to get out of that, that, that rut, that repetitive rut we sometimes find ourselves in, we will continue to go round and round and round in the wrong direction. Groundhog
1: Day. Some days are just like that. Some days we get tired. We get tired of even putting others first. And there's this voice inside that says, well, what about me? What about me? We all have them. We experience that. But that's not where we need to stay. That's not a good place to be. Because it becomes toxic, and it becomes critical, and that is not a good place where we should land. Jesus shows us another way.
0: Here's the good news. We are not without hope. Jesus shows us that other way. He, we're, not, we're, we're here because we've been created for a divine purpose. There's a divine plan. There's a spark of the divine in each of us. That's what's meant in Genesis 1. I think it's 27, if I'm not mistaken, where God created us and they put a piece of himself in us. That's a spark of the divine. He came to give us life, abundant life. Abundant, that means Plentiful, that means full. That abundant life comes about because we care for others. It's not because we're focused on ourselves. It's not because we put ourselves at the center of the universe. It's not because it's all about me. Now, the abundant life comes when we give of ourselves to other people. When we're kind and compassionate to those around us. When we serve, not be served. When, When we exhibit that... Maybe you've heard of that fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, where the, the Holy Spirit, you've you got the Holy Spirit in you, and you, you can't help it, it just comes out. But it's not going to come out when we're looking at me, is it? No. The mirror isn't the place where the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, comes out. The fruit of the Spirit comes out when I'm looking at you. And I'm looking at your needs. And I'm looking at what what is helpful to you, not me. When I'm looking at where I can give rather than take. That's, That's what we're talking about today. That's how you get out of that rut. That's how you get out of that rut by looking that way, rather than that way.
1: Groundhog Day, no way. No way, because every day is a gift, not to be taken for granted, but to embrace. I know days are hard. I know some days are really hard. But if, if we find ourselves in those days where it's like, I can't even breathe. We can thank God that we can take another breath. That is what we can be grateful for. Knowing that the sun will come up tomorrow and things could look different. Our days are not to be squandered, it's not about winning at the expense of others. If we care for one another and there's a give and take, then then it's a win for everybody everybody and so it's important for us to honor god with our words our actions our thoughts let god renew our thoughts every day to to le- i love that you know fixing my eyes but fixing my thoughts on the things of god The world would be so much of a better place if we did that collectively. Just think about how it would be. Wow. Think about how it would be if we took on the likeness of Jesus. Those attributes of Christ. Kindness. Holiness. Submission. Jesus submitted himself to his Father. We need to submit ourselves to the Lord. It's not easy, but it's really the only way. Taking on the likeness of Jesus and taking on humility versus pride and arrogance, that's just ugly. At the last service, um, the scripture came into my, my mind, and I want to read it. It's, it's not on the screen. Philippians 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of him as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. This is the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we can take a movie, Groundhog Day, and reflect on a message that, a biblical message, and thank you for Groundhog Day, but thank you that that's not what we have to live. Because every day is new. Just like we sang at the beginning of of the service, new creation, we're born again every day. We have a chance because you are our hope. You are our salvation. You are our protection. You are everything, Lord, that we need. And you keep doing it again and again, day after day. You're up to something, Lord. You're up to something in our lives. And we thank you for never, ever leaving us our Your love is not dependent on our behavior. You love us anyway. And we are so humbled and thankful for that. Thanks for gathering us here this this morning and for this incredible church called Connection Community Church. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said Amen. amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people to Jesus and the new life he offers.